1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 79, the Jeremy Lozon and U.S. Olympian David Warsawski episode. I'm Ev Marinofsky. That is Connor Ryan. Connor. How you doing?
0: Evan, doing well. How you doing?
1: Doing better than the Bruins. Well, the Bruins didn't play on uh, Tuesday night. They just had the Willie O'Ree ceremony, and then all it was left. all great. And then they left. It was weird.
0: They just I mean, it was rolling, fitting, rolling. like great honor for for Willie. So it was good that, yeah. you know, they just got out of there afterwards. So yeah, weird, the game didn't yeah. happen, though. I know the schedule is kind of wonky going forward, but just got down there. I was like, oh, we're not. Oh, okay. Bye. All right. See you. See playing. you guys.
1: What's the game? Well, we're just going to have the ceremony. And it was cool. It was all great. It's an amazing ceremony. They just said, no, we're not playing the game. No big deal. Uh, but in some ways, the Bruins didn't play a game on Tuesday night. They decided, ah, we don't have to show up, right? Or, or, you know, we're just here to, it's like, it's, I, I've made this joke before, but it's like, uh, Detective Crashmore, Santa Claus, saying he just gets another two mil. It was kind of like that night. It just showed up, another two mil, showed up, get my paycheck. Um, but before we get into the debacle that was, uh, the game on Tuesday night, the Willie O'Ree ceremony was fantastic, and it is so long overdue that he gets his number 22 retired. The 12th number, I think it was Phil Esposito who said he's one of the dudes now. That yeah. was pretty fitting. I like that Phil
0: well. Esposito's got, like, now that he's down in Florida, he's got, like, big, like, Pat Riley energy of, like, old dude, like, living up, it living up in Florida. That's, like, what Phil Esposito is now.
1: Yeah, as he should. I mean, the guy yeah. deserves it. Uh, like, you've earned it, man. Uh, but, no, amazing ceremony. Uh, and they did such a good job. He wasn't there. But they made it very inclusive to him. It was, it felt like he almost was there. Um, and his speech was beautiful. I mean, you were in the building for it. What were your takeaways from it?
0: Yeah. No, I thought it was a very well done ceremony. Um, you know, obviously it's unfortunate that Willie couldn't be there. But as you said, I think the whole ceremony itself, like his speech, which was, you know, heartfelt, genuine. And if, you know, I think you've been lucky enough to, to meet Willie in the past, that's, Kind of the, the main describers of interacting with that guy. Classy, genuine, um, always heartfelt. Uh, so it's just a, a tremendous ceremony for him. Um, as you said, long overdue for everything Willie's done, not just, you know, breaking the color barrier and the, the arduous journey he had to take to get there. Um, everything he went through, but then to also play while being again legally blind in one eye and still having the career he did, whether it be um, you know with Boston or then over and I think the Western Hockey League as well. Um And then just not – you know, it doesn't just end with his playing career and the the journey he had there, but to then spend almost three decades continuing to grow the game and um, be recognized as a key builder. And, I mean, you looked at not just the Bruins, but every other team in the league, I think, had on William Reese stickers. You saw multiple players of color like, uh you know, Wayne Simmons talked about how he was his idol growing up, how, like, you know, he'd use him as, like, hockey's Jackie Robinson for the being that guy that not only – was the first, you know, uh, black player in the league that had to deal with all those things. But for countless of generations after him, they could look to, you know, a guy like Willie is a guy that finally made it. And for them, it gave them that, you know, that tangible, you know, proof that, you know, they could follow in his footsteps and achieve their dreams too. So as you said, I mean, a great, um, great ceremony for him. And it's almost kind of fitting that, you know, even though un- as unfortunate as it was that, um, you know, Willie wasn't there that, you know, you had people like Anson Cotter, you had people from, you know, score Boston there kind of lifting, you know, lifting his jersey to the raft, which is kind of, you know, it's almost symbolic in a way, right? Of, you know, the impact he's had on so many others that have come after him that, you know, they're the ones that also get to do it. So, um, again, a fantastic tribute to a, a great man who has left, you know, an indelible mark on. Uh, hockey. So again, unfortunately he couldn't be there, but just the entire ceremony uh, honoring a guy who's built quite a, a legacy for himself. It was great to see.
1: And he got an amazing fedora. So like, that was a fantastic another, fedora. Yeah. My I mean, He got everything uh, as he deserves. And then, as you said, I mean, just the impact he had after playing as well. I mean, that was just so big. Um, And I, it, it, it it's so long overdue that he got uh, his number 22 retired should happen a long time ago, but great that it's happening now. And, and just, it just an amazing night. Uh, you know, just the, the whole thing. Uh, once the ceremony ended, though, <laughs> once it ended, uh, there wasn't a lot that Bruins fans would love in that game um, on Tuesday night. Again, lost seven to one to the Hurricanes. What a way for like that streak to come to an end, right? Like, what a way for that just to all come crashing down, right? Like, you got Rask pulled after one period. You got uh, five goals in the first, just a drubbing. Uh, but it, 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 you know, we'll get so. I think you, maybe you tweeted this. Maybe you didn't tweet this. Maybe I'm imagining things
0: now with this. Just screaming to the void somewhere.
1: (laughs) I heard you screaming this. Yes. Um, you can tell who watched the game and who didn't watch the game by who's blaming Tuka Rask and who isn't. Because it's weird. If you, if you watched the game and actually saw how the goals went in, uh, you'd probably say, well, Rask could have played better, but he wasn't the reason that they were down 5-1 after the first. Uh, it really was deeper than that. It was, there were real issues on defense there.
0: Yeah, and again it's like, you know, this is always the problem you have and it's great to be back having this discourse every year now that Tuka is back and that it has to be either one extreme or the other of like, it wasn't all on Rask, which means like you're completely defending him. Like, no, let's let's take a step back, Evan, and let's have a rational take here. That a rasc- was Rask- all take well, yeah. Here. <laughs> was Rask good? No. Was he rusty? Mm-hmm. He sure was. Was he the only reason why they let up five goals in the first period? Uh Absolutely not. No. It's you know it's it, you can make that rational take of having not be one you know one primary culprit of the other, and that was he great? No, but mother of God, I, I think I tweeted yesterday you could have had Duncan the Walrus and Ned, <laughs> and he would have gotten obliterated. He would have gotten turned into a, a thing of blubber. If he had to go out there and, he uh, and already the dude, blubber, technically, <laughs> it, it would sort of have been just a massive blubber. That's all it would be. I don't even know what blubber looks like. That's all he would have been.
1: No face. So, face yeah, it, gone. Was, it, it was, was just a, a, a
0: gelatinous mold. Yeah. Whatever blubber actually. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't I didn't read National Geographic as a kid. I don't know what blubber actually is. That being said, <laughs> Duncan would have had a rough time with that defense in front of them. Um, as he said, I mean, just a complete debacle in terms of, you know, D zone, uh, you know, coverage, net front. You had guys missing assignments at the net front that was leading to, you know, easy one-timer looks. Um And, you know, again, like you look at like Rask, he had that bad rebound, I think on, was it the Kotkaniemi goal? The first one where it kind of mm-hmm. like bounced back out to him. Not great from Rask. You'd like to not have that puck, you know, bounce back out to him. But also you had Matt like and Charlie McAvoy, your two probably most reliable guys, way outside, right? Kind of leaving him in that grade A spot. So, again, it's a little bit of both in terms of, you know, Rass not being particularly shot. But you look at the defense and, I mean, whether it's Seth Jarvis, who's a very talented young rookie, but I don't think he's like Sean Kemp and that, like, he should be driving past Connor Clifton and, like, dunking on him. Like, I don't think that should be happening. You've got or Hovack and Anainen, who I think has been very strong for five, six games now. This is very much a dose of reality, I think. I mean, whether it's kind of that pass into no man's land that think set up the Jarvis goal, or I think he was stuck, you know, puck watching on one of the, I think maybe Sveshnikov's goal as well. Like pretty much no one had a good night defensively. There's no like positive anywhere. Or again, even like Charlie McAvoy, who uh, has strung together a couple of rough outings recently anyway. I think he's fighting something, I think, you know, Bruce Cassidy's even mentioned that. Um Wasn't a better night for pretty much anyone involved. So, uh when you've got, you know, uh, a lackluster night from so many key cogs in that defense coupled with a team in Carolina who give them credit too, I mean, I don't know if that team just has, like, the Bruins circled on their calendar after getting smoked by them two out of the last three years in the playoffs, but that's a good team, man. Like, whether it's just how balanced they are, how they play under Rod Brindamore, I mean, they're just a, a hassle to go against, right? Like, even on, like, the penalty kill. I was telling uh, I was telling Ty Anderson at the game yesterday, like, that might be, like, the only penalty kill that's actually fun to watch to, like, go on the PK because, <laughs> like, they pressure so much. They're so always moving their feet. You look even at 5-on-5 five five play. They always have active sticks. They're disrupting passes. Um, play with great pace. Like, that team is a handful to play against. So if you're – have a night off in the defensive zone. If you're, you know, not, you know, accounting for your execution or missing, you know, passes, not hitting, you know, uh the right players in stride, they're going to bury you in a hurry. And it was just everything kind of unraveled for the Bruins in that game. That was just uh that was a great a pantsing. I think is how I described it on Twitter yesterday.
1: Yes. Big drubbing. It's funny. You mentioned the back and pass. I might even give him a pass on that one. Cause that was, you know, it wasn't the greatest pass, but yeah. like, Clifton clearly should have went towards it. And Clifton kind of hesitated. And then he and went then towards a little bit and then.
0: Blew yammed on him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Pretty much. Just Vince. Yeah. Just Vince Carter. him. Uh, LeBron James on Jason Terry type, uh, type thing. Um, but it 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 begs the question is if this is a long-term issue right if this is a, a a real thing and i would say i don't think it is i think the you know defense will fix itself a little bit we'll get into later if that should now be a top uh target at the deadline but i think where what it kind of reinforces is that the bruins are not a top tier team right this is a team that even though they just got wins over nashville and washington and tampa uh they just played against this wagon of a Carolina team and got pantsed meaning they're like high middle of the road now right like before we were before the streak we were saying they were middle of the road for sure during the streak we said oh maybe they're like you know maybe they're top 10, 11, 12. Now we know they're high middle of the road. Would you come away with the same takeaway?
0: Yeah, I think they're in the mix, right? Which sometimes is all you're kind of asking for over the span of a season, that if you're in the mix, you have as good a shot as any to make a deep run. So, you know, who knows what happens between now and the start of the playoffs. Like, they're a good team. But are they, and like, are they a contender? Maybe. Like, they're in that tier where they're in the mix, right? Are they in that elite favorite tier, right? Are they with Carolina, with... I don't know, Colorado, like, you know, even like Tampa, who they won, but still that's a team that you kind of know is going to be right there when the playoffs start, if everyone's healthy for them, if everyone's not out of uh, LTIR or what have you, <laughs> like that, you know, they're going to be in the mix. Um, So are they at that level yet? I wouldn't say so. I mean, they've still got plenty of, you know, key matchups, like who knows, maybe they go to Colorado in a few weeks on the road and score five goals against them and you're feeling good about your chances. Like they're at the very least in the mix, but you look at how they fared against, uh, Carolina, who's outscored them, I think 10-1 so far this year. Like that's a, that's, that's a true measuring stick game <laughs> against a team that, I mean, who knows when you get to the playoffs, right? It's the same with like Florida, who he thinks a very good team, but like, I don't know. Do you trust Bobrovsky? Do you trust like that team in the playoffs? Who knows what happens with, you know, Frederick Anderson or what have you in the playoffs? Like a lot can, a lot can happen, right? But, um, for the Bruins, it's, it's always tough after a game like this because I think the first reaction is just to like, take like, you know, the neuralizer from, from men in black and just like wipe the slate clean, right? <laughs> because like, look at Carolina. They, I think on last Thursday, they lost six nothing to Columbus, who is not a very good team, right? Like Washington's coming in here. Bruins smoked them on the road just, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. So these things happen and usually if it's against, a uh, at the hands of a very good team at like Carolina, maybe it's a little bit of an easier pill to swallow of like, all right, didn't have your game at all. Great team came in, smoked you, you move on. It's like Carolina, I'm sure, was despondent after losing the game to Columbus, who's not that great. And <laughs> what do they do? They come back and punch Boston in the face. So there's that rationale, which is probably the more, you know, rational take in terms of how you move on from this. But beyond, I think what we're going to talk about in a little bit, but like you look further down the road at, Carolina, who's probably you're gonna be facing at some point further down the road, where you look at like the the composition of this roster and whether moves need to be made, a loss like this at least starts, you know, maybe festering some of those doubts you have about things that need to be addressed before this team can really make that next jump into being like an elite team in the NHL.
1: Yeah, and, and again it's funny you you mentioned that the, the jump into being such an elite team. And I do think sometimes these these stinkers happen right like that's part of how this works yes. um, and them getting uh, sort of punched in the face. I do look at sort of I, I want to take a little bit of a look ahead it, it, it's probably kind of a safe bet that they um, they might go for a defenseman at the deadline, but we're talking about really safe bets really safe bets we're talking about our good friends over at bet online.
0: Absolutely Evan. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website is here. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50, that's C L N S 50 to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, Boxing and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online with a game stats.
1: Stats not only starts. You can take your winnings from Bet Online and upgrade your Prius to a Lambo. Isn't that nuts? Mm. How about that? Not, right not before the bad. game, puts that Instagram up. Then takes it down. Guaranteed they were like, nope, nope, nope. You gotta take that down. That can't, that can't be up there. Uh, and then they, uh, get pantsed, which Trochek got the best of Marshan, not just on the scoreboard, but also really solid hit in the neutral zone. Tough night for one Brad Marshan on that yes. one. That was, uh, and not as- also,
0: And he also doubled down on Twitter. <laughs> on wednesday respect so. that. <laughs> yes you know what like yeah, it's yeah. what's that like uh that like old tweet that always gets brought back up where it's like no i'm not getting dunked on as it's like someone being dunked on on twitter like it's one of those <laughs> that's that's so he just trudges right ahead like you know you, you have to respect him for it
1: yeah it's like people who fight chara right you just hang in there you take it you just keep going you mm-hmm. can't help but respect it Well, he said something about escrow they're the reason that they pay 20 percent extra <laughs> on uh ex- yes <laughs> so yeah it was uh Quite the, uh, quite the extravagant, um, chirp right before the yes. game. Talk about a nice little pregame thing going on. Uh, but I mentioned this before, uh, that online read. Uh, tough night for the D. So it comes back to, you know, we, we've talked about this a bit. We're kind of debating, right? Should they get a 2C or should they get a top four defenseman? And there's nights like Tuesday where you say, wait a second, this team really needs a defenseman. Do you think they go the route of, a top four defenseman, which would take a lot, or do they go with a depth guy uh, that could kind of solidify the third pairing or something?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the challenge in terms of like, you can't get a two C and uh, a top four guy together. I think it all gonna, comes down to the price. Like is acquiring a rental like hurdle, which even then going to cost a lot, because it also has just been on a heater for like a month now. Like is getting a rental like that plus like, A solid third pairing guy, the answer, as opposed to like going all in for like Jacob Chickren, right? Like who, which last time I checked, I think I just saw this Jeff Marrick, uh, said what a potential like deal for, for Chickren would be. And if it was Florida, you're looking at Spencer Knight, Anton Lindell, and a first round pick. Ooh. Yeah. So for Bruins fans who think that you can get him for Debrusque, Vakaninen, a first. No, no, not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Like Arizona, I think as we've seen with the OEL deal where they held off multiple deals, they didn't want to like give up any money, eventually did, but also, you know, got, uh, you know, legit pieces back from, from Vancouver in that deal. They're not gonna trade a guy like him who's got three more yo three more years on his contract for nothing, right? So, I don't know whether it's like you focus on, you know, you have to go down the list of what other defense would not be available. And I don't think Klingberg's the guy they would target because he's like a offensive first kind of guy who's also numbers have been dipping a little bit anyway. Like if this team was like needed a uh like a spark on offense and you look at him, but like they need like just a dependable like, again, I think we've talked about this before. They need like a Dennis Seidenberg, right? Like that's the Yeah. Exactly and they also, they're also
1: need. stocked on the right side yeah, for the exactly. top four. They don't need a top four out defenseman.
0: Yeah. If they need like anything, maybe it's like a third pairing, like, you know, in terms of replacing Clifton, like a guy like that. But even yeah. then, like, I mean, look at like, was it, was it last year where the Lightning got David Savard and people were like, all right, well, you know, second and a fourth round pick, you got him for, you know, rental and helps out. And he was what? They got a first round pick for him. So like, yeah. even those things are going to cost a lot. So, For the Bruins, it's tough. Like, you almost feel like the more pressing thing right now is just having another steady defenseman because I feel like you need it over the gauntlet of a season. But who knows, right? We could also get into a stretch, you know, going forward where the Bruins play full games and Pasternak has one assist, Halo Hall has no points, and they're worried about, like, whether they need Hurdle or something else like that. So it's a tough kind of balancing act because you can't get both, right? You can... Maybe you get like a top four dean, add like a, a bottom six guy or a middle six guy like Lawson Kraus, maybe. But you just don't have the assets, or you know, even like like even if like that's the actual asking price for like Jacob Chikrin, like you're looking at Swayman, Lysel, a first, and probably DeBrusque, right? Like,
1: yeah. No, it's funny because I know? mentioned this on Bruins beat. I was like, you know, to get you in the door, it would be like DeBrusque, Sanika, a first, and something else, right? To yeah. just get you in the door for chips, yeah not even, like, getting him. And that's going up against other teams with much better prospects. And that kind of goes back to you would have to include Swayman because he's your most valuable pros- uh, prospect. Mm-hmm. And that would be, like, what might get you a deal, right? If you did Swayman, Lysel, um, and, uh, and a first. The problem is, though, you don't know if Rask is staying past this year. Right. Like that's ultimately your biggest issue is he He doesn't seem like he's lying when he tells us he doesn't know what his future is past this year. So you can't really trust him with that. And that's fine. But it's not I don't think, you know, I floated the idea of trading Swayman in the past or just the idea of it that he's a valuable prospect. Um, And I think now it's tough to do that because, yes, you have Olmark signed for, you know, somewhat long term you don't know what the future of Rask is um, past this season you also mentioned an interesting thing and to me I still go back to with what they have you go for a second line center and you just get a depth dependable defensive. because if there's anything this team has had kill them in past playoff series it's always the secondary scoring and it feels as though as much as Eric Hollis seems to fit with Poshnok and Hall it's still like can can you rely on that against the Lightning in a series or Toronto in a series? I don't know. So that's why I kind of go back to you probably need a 2C and a depth defenseman who is dependable, which, again, not easy to find. No. And to do both, that's also not easy. So um, going to be interesting to see. And you tweeted this the other day. We're still like two months from the deadline.
0: Yeah, it's March 21st. <laughs> like, I always keep on forgetting how, fur, like, how far down the road it is. Like, I know it's usually like... Three, four, four plus weeks before like the playoffs start. It's like you get a guy in for like, you know, eight, nine, <laughs> eight, nine games and you're ready to go for the playoffs. Like that's crazy how far down the road it is. So we've got quite a bit of time left before we start seeing actual tangible things happen. I think on the trade, on the trade market.
1: I'm hoping the Bruins make all their moves before then because I believe March 21st is also selection day for men's and women's college hockey for the brackets. So really hoping that the Bruins do not do an 11th hour deal or any deal on the 21st. I hope they do everything before. You absolutely that is, they will. Yeah, they will. Just for me, that day is going to be absolutely bananas. Um, But speaking of guys getting traded away, uh, I'm getting a report right now that that Patrice Bergeron could be headed to the Montreal Canadiens because the GM is is Kent Hughes, his his agent. Oh my God, Patrice Bergeron and Blue, Blanc and Rouge. I mean, this is this is incredible. Now, for people who are who are like stunned listening to this, uh, that that is not true. Kent Hughes. Is he still Bergeron's... uh, Not anymore. Not not, Not 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 now. (laughs) But that'd be a bit of a conflict of interest. (laughs) No, no conflict of interest at all. You can still be an agent, the GM of a hockey team. What's wrong with that? Uh, But uh, Kent Hughes was Patrice Bergeron's longtime agent. He is now the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. So obviously everyone goes, Bergeron's heading to the arch rival. And the answer is 99.9%. No, he's not.
0: Yeah. No. I, I mean <laughs> but we could go down a whole list of you know reasons why. One, which is like the narrative like, oh my god, Patrice Bergeron is from Quebec, so he must want to go home at 1.1. 1. 1, he grew up in Quebec City, not Montreal. He grew up <laughs> hating the Montreal Canadiens so much so that he literally became an Avs fan for a while after they moved. Like he's not <laughs> a Habs fan. He did not grow up a Habs fan. You know, so like that, I don't I mean that narrative was weak anyway, Two, even if it was for like a year to go home to Montreal, where he's not from, where his family <laughs> is not from. uh, I don't know what the appeal would be, even if the Bruins hit a rebuild that Bergeron would like to go to a team in Montreal that seems like a complete mess. That seems like they're mo- many years away from actually fielding a, a legit team again, right? Like, don't let that. Cup run with Carrie Price going off and Shea Weber and those guys distract from the fact that this team has an ugly rebuild ahead of them. So I don't know why Bertrand would go there. And of course, like it's one thing if it's like your longtime coach or someone else like that, maybe, and that's the appeal. You see that in like, you know, like football or something where a guy wants to go play for an old coach or like When has the agent been, like, the thing that is, like, swaying (laughs) a guy's opinion to, like, pack up? Not even, like, a dude who's here for, like, three, four years and wants to go somewhere else, like Patrice Bergeron, who's going to have his jersey retired, and a Hall of Famer who's won a Stanley Cup here, who's been here forever, to be like, no, I got to go play for my friggin' agent.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. What would be the equivalent of that around here? Would that be, like, if you grew up in Connecticut? And people are like, "Oh, he's going home to the Bruins." Would that be? Would that be the closest thing?
0: I guess, even right? Forward? Like, I mean, it's like what? Like, I want to say like again, this is a boy my geography my family, but like, they're not like know, exactly. an hour away. Like, it's still like they're not like right next to one another. They wouldn't have two teams back then in Quebec City and Montreal and be that close. So, yeah. Like again, yeah. Like the narrative, of anything just because he's from that province means that he's a Habs fan? No, no. Like, <laughs> and again. That's just, like, one, like, small part of it. The main part is, like, he's not going to go to Montreal. Like, guys, guys, he's not going to Montreal.
1: It's a three-hour drive. Okay, So it's yeah. not – Ottawa so is closer yeah. to Montreal. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it is not uh close whatsoever uh, in those terms. So that would be, yeah, that would be, like, Connecticut maybe or even, like, lower. Yeah. Hey, that could be even further down. So, yeah, no, Bergeron is not going to the Montreal Canadiens. Also, like, why would you uproot your family for that? Like, oh, we're no, going go to no, the so, sorry. Yeah,
0: sorry. I gotta go to, I gotta go play for my agent, who's not even the coach, <laughs> who's, who's gonna like run into me like occasionally in the practice facility as he's like drinking his coffee.
1: Yeah. No, I, like, I, no, this, no, he's not going to Montreal. Don't worry. He ain't going there. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think yes. he's going to be a Bruin for life. I think most people can agree. And everyone goes, well, Ray Bork and Tom Brady weren't. And it's like both were very different people yes. in very different scenarios. I think if Ray Bork could have had it his way, he would have been here forever. But he kind of wanted to win so one of those things cup? called a Stanley yeah. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> and then Brady is just Brady. And that's yes. like a totally different universe. So yes. uh, Patrice Bergeron will be sticking around here. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere else. Maybe he'll go to the abs. That'd be pretty sick,
0: honestly. That would have, that would make more sense history wise than Montreal yes. if you looked at
1: that. <laughs> Wild that that's the case. Um, but anyways, uh, what can the people look forward to with you over at BSJ?
0: Uh yeah, we're going to obviously be looking at how the uh Bruins rebound from uh that stinker of a game against Carolina. Uh <laughs> we'll be uh looking at how the roster pans out going forward uh, cuz I think, you know, Nick Foligno could be back in the lineup who slots out. Obviously, uh Carson Kuhlman is now in Seattle, so best of wishes to him. So, that's one less guy, but whether it's Anton Bleed or someone else, like who slots out if Foligno goes in. Um, and again, you look at the schedule. We've got plenty of games on the docket. So every day we're going to have a breakdown, a uh, column, all that good stuff over at BSJ. So subscribe at bostonsportsjournal.com. want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
1: Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Maronofsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest. Have your day.